superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Ryan, warmly joined this Thursday morning by Derek Brown and by Andrew Erickson. And fellas, we are talking about some must-start players here as we get into week eight. We will start, as always, with the running backs. And Debra, we will start with you. Starts. Oh, Lord help me. I'm going to recommend Joe Mixon. I don't want to do it. But the numbers say to do it, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Joe Mixon, I think the the misnomer about this San Francisco 49ers run defense needs to get brought up here. We saw the Vikings run well against them, and I think that, that that's not a fluke. If you look at their deeper metrics, they have not been a shutdown elite run defense this season. They have the seventh lowest stuff rate. They're allowing the 12th highest yards of contact per attempt and the 12th highest yards per carry to zone runs which comprised 53% of Joe Mixon's uh, rushing volume this year. So as gross as it sounds, guys, giddy up, Joe Mixon. Yeah, Dero, uh, Joe Mixon in the expert consensus rankings is RB17. And actually, Erickson, Fitz, and Joe all have him RB17 as well. But you've got him up at RB10. So you're definitely coming in more aggressively. I am. I mean, look, we're just following the process, baby. I think he's going to turn in an RB1 week. I think the efficiency is not going to be great. But in these plus matchups, you see very inefficient running backs get a boost. So I think that's what happens to Mixon this week. Erickson, who's your must-start running back? Damian Pierce. Uh, for the Houston Texans, got a dream matchup this week against the Carolina Panthers. Second most fantasy points allowed to running backs this season. I know everyone's freaking out about, oh no, Devin Singletary's taking over the backfield. It's like, guys, it, it's a one-game sample size where we had Singletary outsnap Damian Pierce. Could it be the start of a trend? Yeah, it's totally possible. But we also have a five-game sample size of Damian Pierce being the bell cow for the Houston Texans. Like, So I'm going to use the larger sample size of what we've seen all year long of, te- of the Texans being Damian Pierce's, like, he's the number one guy there. And specifically, the red zone. Like, why are we starting running backs in fantasy football? Because we wanted them to score touchdowns. Like, that's ultimately how they score the most points. He is still their guy in the red zone, even last week or before their bye week when Devin Singletary was playing more. Damian Pierce was still the guy in the red zone. Look, the Panthers, the reason why they're so bad against running backs is because they give up more rushing touchdowns to running backs than any other team on defense. So, Pierce is due for some touchdown regression. He's minus three touchdowns under expectation just based on the usage he has. Only the aforementioned Joe Mixon has more red zone carries and just one touchdown than Damian Pierce does. So I think we're going to find him hit pay dirt once, maybe twice in this matchup. And honestly, if you are looking for a deeper play, I think Devin Singletary, if he is more involved, like he also benefits from the matchup too. So he's a deeper play, but I do like Pierce a lot um, in this matchup against Carolina. Pierce down at RB 27. I assume that's too low for you, Erickson. Oh my God. Yeah, that's way too low. Like the Texans have one of the highest implied team totals on the slate. He's RB 27. I mean, I, I have him in top 20 running back. That, 
that that's in half half PPR. Where do you have him, D Rose? RB twenty seven. Is that also too low I'm, for I'm you? I'm a hand holding with consensus. I have an RB twenty seven. There's just a few guys in that range. Like I've got Gus Edwards over him. I've got Jalen Warren over him. And I don't think that people understand that Jalen Warren has been a top twenty four. But Jalen Warren's been an RB two and four the last five games quietly. Let's go to your next must start running back here, D bro. Well. It's time for Javante Williams to get unleashed, baby. He's coming off arguably his best game of the season. The highest snap share he's seen at 53% of the snaps, 18 touches, almost 100 total yards. And this is the dream matchup, man. The Kansas City Chiefs have just decided we're not going to stop running backs. And you can't stop juggernaut Javante anyway, baby. He's top twin in a, top 10 in explosive run rate and yards of the contact per attempt. You look at the matchup. The Kansas City Chiefs are allowing the 10th highest explosive run rate. Javante is going to be an RB1 this week. He gets 20 touches, which I think he can get this week. And Denver just says, look, we're taking the training wheels off. It's time for you to go. Let's go, baby. I've got him up at RB11 right now. Yeah, this is another one where you're at 11. Erickson, Fitz, and Joey P all have him at RB23. The consensus is actually RB22 in ECR. Again, this is all for half PPR, so... Once again, you, you're kind of planting your flag here and, and are the aggressive one. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm following the talent and we're following the matchup. And the, the injury put us back, okay? But look at last week. You you Whether you want to turn on the film, you want to look at the numbers, everything says Javante Williams is off of this. And we saw this with Brees Hall. Eventually, the Jets said, you know what? We're unleashing him. We're taking the shackles off. We're going to sit here and let him do his damn thing. And I think that's what's going to happen this week for Javante Williams. There are always fun questions around the NFL this time of year, like who are the pretenders? Who are the contenders? We're almost halfway through the NFL season, but DraftKings Sportsbook is still pumping out unbeatable offers every single game. New customers can bet just five bucks on anything to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. There are actually seven games on the week eight slate with a spread under a field goal on DraftKings. So there should be tons of close finishes this week. My favorite of those games is probably Jags Steelers in. In Pittsburgh with Jacksonville two and a half point favorites on the road should be a fun matchup between the Jags offense and the Steelers defense so I'm really looking forward to that one and of course as a Ravens fan I will be pulling for the Jaguars however you guys plan to bet that one get in on the football action with DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL download the app now and use code fantasy pros new customers can bet just five dollars on anything to get two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code Fantasy pros, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Erickson, give me your next must-start running back. Uh, we mentioned him, Gus Edwards. 
It's a great matchup against the Arizona Cardinals. Fourth fantasy points allowed per game to running backs. And Gus Edwards has kind of been the preferred running back. And Worm, you're the Ravens expert, so correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like Gus Edwards really gets the more favorable usage when the Ravens are playing ahead, when they can kind of establish the run a little bit more. I think they like using him more at the goal line than Justice Hill. And I think this is a matchup where, again, if the Ravens are playing with a lead, then they can feed Gus Edwards a little bit more. Whereas Justice Hill is someone that they would use more in like a back and forth contest where they need to use him more in the passing game because I think they prefer Hill as a pass catcher. So I think the game script, again, Ravens are on the road, but they are big favorites against Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are not good against running backs. And Gus Edwards has, you know, he does his thing, man. Like he's efficient when he gets the ball in his hands. He's not sexy play. But he's productive. He's been productive even in tougher matchups this year. So I'm going to continue to roll with Gus Edwards. Where do you have him ranked, Erickson? Because I've got him as a top 24 running back this week. Um, he's like right outside my top 24 guys. So yeah, I have I mean, him I like he's still, sitting uh, at RB 24. Yeah. yeah to, to answer your question, Erickson, early on in the year, there was some Justice Hill usage like near the goal line that I was mm-hmm. a little confused by because Gus is so good there. They definitely kind of got back to what I expected where he's been, you know, that guy, the closer, the guy down near the goal line, the guy in, in you know, against worse teams when they're trying to close out a game. The banger, Gus yeah, Edwards. <laughs> yes. uh, I was really impressed with him against the Lions because the Lions are so good against the run. And I I thought specifically against running backs of the style of Gus, and he looked good. I mean, he, even the eighty yard catch and run aside, which Dude, was, was more of a run play than anything else. He's destroying that, yards. Must got rolling, baby. Eighty yards on the <laughs> yeah. screen. Let's go. But, but like, if you look at his game log this season since week two, ten for sixty two, eleven for fifty one, fifteen for forty eight, twelve for forty eight, sixteen for forty one, fourteen for sixty four. These are not mind blowing numbers, but he's a guy again that they like to run with when they get up close. Lamar is taking a few of those rushing touchdowns this year. He hasn't done that the last couple of years, so I don't know if that will continue. Um, all in all, again, he's not like a super high ceiling play, but in a matchup where the Ravens should be winning and should win by a lot, I think we're going to see a lot of Gus. So I'm right there with you. On that pick, Debro, give me your next must-start running back. All right, we talked about this in uh, previous backfields and stuff, and and with Houston, could the worm be turning there? I think we're going to see a change in usage in Minnesota. And if you look at last week's game, all I needed to see Cam Akers is out there salting away the clock. They they trusted him to be the late game hammer and not Alexander Madison. And if you look at Cam Akers' production as well, since he became a Minnesota Viking, over that stretch amongst 48 qualifying running backs, Cam Akers is 20th in missed tackles force per attempt, and he's 17th in yards after contact per attempt. So these are not amazing numbers, but Cam Akers is playing better on a per-touch basis than people are giving him credit. And what we saw at the usage of this backfield, and it's a smash matchup versus the Packers eighth highest explosive run rate allowed seventh highest missed tackle rate allowed Cam Akers could lead this backfield this week and if he does that we're talking about a guy that could really be a high-end flex play that could sneak into being a top 24 top 30 running back this week yeah I had this question for the who do I start segment but I'm gonna step on those toes a bit and just ask you now I want to get some interesting names that you're starting Cam Akers over because he's a guy that obviously has burned a lot of people. He's not ranked very highly in you know the expert consensus rankings across the industry. So where do you have him, and and 
who are some names that people might be surprised to hear you would rather start Cam Akers over? Give me Cam Akers over either one of the Carolina backs. I'm starting him over Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard. I will start him over the Bears running backs. I will start Cam Akers over A.J. Dillon, even if Aaron Jones is out. Give me Cam Akers over Kareem Hunt. All of these different parts of pieces, I will take Cam Akers in a great matchup on an offense that can move the ball above all these other RB3s and we don't know what to do with them and stuff like that. Give me Cam Akers in a in a split backfield in a situation where this team is showing they want to lean more because his workload is going up. And Alexander Madison, what has he done to this point to show that he should keep the workload that he's had? So give me Cam Akers over all those guys. Erickson, where do you have Akers ranked? I assume you're not quite as aggressive as Debro is, but are you also above consensus on him? No, I'm right around with consensus for Cam Akers. It's just, look, yeah, he got more usage last week, but we saw Alexander Madison have a lot of usage the week before. So it's like, until I see a trend, until I see back-to-back weeks of like, he's getting more involved, he's getting more involved, like, I'm still going to be hesitant to pull the trigger. I get the matchup is good, and usually you can start running backs. So I think in a pinch, it makes sense to start Akers if you're hurting at running back, because the matchup is good, and he's going to see some type of work. But... I mean, I would not be surprised, again, if it's just like Alexander Madison gets 15 carries, Akers gets five. Like, that would not surprise me at all either. So, for me, it's just I'm not as aggressive on Cam Akers just because I'm not as confident that he's going to see, like, double-digit carries for the second straight week. Let's stick with you, Erickson, and give me your last must-start running back. A guy I am confident is going to get at least double-digit touches, Amari DiMicato for the Arizona Cardinals. Look. So he was super disappointed when we all added him off the waivers. But the one thing that we stood out to him was like, he still played the most snaps. So I made this in the fantasy forecast article. I read, I was like, guys, like I understand he was a bust. He got like zero touches, but he still played most snaps. So like, hold on to him. Like you don't have to start him. Just hold on to him and see what happens. And in this past week, (laughs) he's an ultimate bell cow, 80% of the snaps because the Cardinals are always trailing in games. And he's the guy they prefer on third downs and passing situations. So he had 13 carries last week. He had a lot of volume in the passing game. He got four passes. So again, if this Ravens game goes as we all projected to be, where they're trailing, they're behind, they have to throw the football against the Ravens. Well, you know, the Ravens aren't weak really anywhere on defense, except, you know, in terms of DVOA, the weakest they are is against running backs in the passing game. Last week, we saw Jameer Gibbs like have a really productive game because he he was involved in the passing game. So whether it's garbage time, Demarcado is going to be on the field and that's going to translate into fantasy production. So I think he's had two out of his last three games have been productive for fantasy. So I'm confident that he's going to at least have a floor um, with the role that he has as the Arizona Cardinals bell cow, as long as James Conner remains sidelined. So I like Demarcado. Totally with you, man. I've got him as a top 24 running back this week. Yeah, I was I was going to say Debro's even higher, you know, according to the rankings on him than, than RB23. Is, so. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the the aforementioned who do I start tool. Again, this is free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. Anybody listening can head there and put in your own starter sit questions up to four players at a time. You can even pick and choose from which experts your decision draws. Again, that's free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. Debro, are you starting Joe Mixon or Josh Jacobs this week? Joe Mixon, easy. What, what has Josh Jacobs done? And he's got a terrible a wretched matchup and we don't even know who the Raiders starting quarter if it's Brian Hoyer are they even going to sniff the red zone this week doubtful very doubtful who do you like in that one uh Josh Jacobs or Joe Mixon Erickson 
God. They're both usage monsters that don't do anything with it. Oh, man. I guess if I had to just play, I guess I just have more faith in the bang, in the Bengals offense overall. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just with Mixon, it's just about touchdowns. And, and that's the thing with Jacobs. It's like the reason he's been so bad is because he hasn't scored any touchdowns. And the same thing with Joe Mixon. But if you're going to make a bet on, all right, who's going to score more touchdowns this week, the Bengals or the Raiders? <laughs> Probably going to bet on the Bengals. So as good as the usage is for Josh Jacobs, it really hasn't mattered. So, yeah, I guess it would be Joe Mixon for me, too. Debro, are you starting Javante Williams or Gus Edwards? Oh, Javante Williams. I've got Javante Williams as an RB1. I will start Javante Williams. I'm curious where you're at on this, Erickson. Um, I know this is probably going to be, oh, I'm on the other side of this. Javante Williams or DeAndre Swift? DeAndre Swift. Okay. I'm going Javante. Well, I am going to ask Erickson because he picked Gus Edwards as one of his starts. The same question, Gus Edwards or Javante Williams? I think I'd probably still go with Javante. Uh, I mean, I still have Javante as like a top 24. And get, the thing with Gus, like we talked about when we were mentioning him, is like he's he's a floor play. Like, I, I, again, mm-hmm. he's not going to catch an 80-yard touchdown or an 80-yard pass every single – that'll probably never have ever happen again. Like, let's be totally honest <laughs> yeah. here. So, um, Javante Are you just saying has... that Gus Edwards is not going to take a screen for 80 yards, Erickson? Oh, no, we're gonna, steal my all, heart. All, all Gus Edwards did was <laughs> basically break everyone's yards per route run with running backs. Like, oh, well, Gus Edwards is the number one in yards per route run. He's a great pass <laughs> catcher. It's like, yeah, because he caught one 80-yard pass. Like, so, of course, he's well, going to break did you all see the system. Too, it's like, the, the way they talked about that after the game, like, it. I thought watching it live, I was like, oh, that's a really great play design. Like, use the threat of Lamar. Everybody's going to come for him. And just kind of a nice dump off. And they basically were like, that. yeah, that's just Lamar being Lamar. Like, he just, like, saw it and decided to do it. It wasn't even, like, necessarily a Todd Munkin play design. Um, so, yeah, even the Ravens were not like, ooh, we have this play. We could finally draw up for Gus Edwards. Yeah. I, I, I think um, Javante has more upside. He's a three-down skill set, catches more passes. And I, as annoying yeah. as it is, like, McLaughlin is always like getting involved, especially near the red zone. I think Javante just has a higher ceiling. How about Damian Pierce or Ramondre Stevenson? Ooh. Damian Pierce for me. Look, I, I think this is the game. He scores a lot of touchdowns. Like this is what the Panthers do. Like they give up touchdowns to running backs. And the thing with Ramondre is like, you're always like worried about like, Oh, is he going to score this week? Like again, the Patriots offense benefited a lot from the bills defense being like absolute trash. So I think that Pierce is still the play for me. How about Amari Demarcado or Najee Harris? I have them ranked back to back, and I'm going to go with the guy that's the bell cow in his backfield and not the guy that's yes. in a split committee, which is Najee. So I'm going to go with Demarcado in the 80%. I'm, look, I'm chasing it. Like, we all care about volume until it's like a guy that's like, oh, well, he's mm-hmm. a third string running back. It's like, guys, well, he's still seeing 80% of the snaps. So like you have to play him in fantasy. So Dean Mercado for me. Imagine, <laughs> imagine telling somebody eight months ago that at this point we'd say the guy who's the bell cow is somebody named Amari Demercado and not Najee Harris. Uh, let's get to the must-start wide receivers here. Debra, starting with you. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead off with a guy that I've not shown a lot of love uh, both this offseason and in-season, and he's taken another leap to his game, and i got to give him flowers, man. i got to sit here and talk about him. It's George Pickens. He's been balling out all year. He's the wide receiver 18. And even with Deontay Johnson back last week, 32% target share, 61% air yard share. Those those are just magical numbers. And now you look at how you beat the Jacksonville Jaguars is with deep passing, and that's going to happen with George Pickens this week. Jacksonville is allowed the third most deep passing yards in uh, this season and the 11th highest deep completion rate. I think George Pickens is going off this week. 
Yeah, it, it wasn't just you. Pickens is a guy that I felt like got a lot of hate over the offseason. And I mean, it's not like he's, you know, all of his metrics were not great walking into this year, but the guy has taken another step in his game to beat zone coverage, to actually separate. We were not seeing these types of things, both even when I looked at him as a prospect or when he got to the NFL, but he's doing it now. So got to adjust, got to adjust. He's wide receiver 25 in consensus. Erickson, is that too high, too low or just right? Let's see. Where do I that have is him? Too so I have him low. in that similar range. Um, too I mean, low. Jaguars have been pretty bad against perimeter wide receivers. So again, it's it's just a matter of with the Steelers overall. It's like how long can they keep this up? Like that's really what the point is with George Pickens because a lot of his catches are you know down the field on the sideline. So it's like just very low probability catches that he's making, but he's delivering because he's good. Like. I think that we all agreed he was a good receiver, good prospect coming in. It was just a matter of like his role in the offense. And it's not usually great for fantasy, but he continues to prove us wrong as the Steelers do because somehow they're four and two and they've been uh, outgained in every single game they've played this year, but they continue to keep winning. Don't know how, because, you know, Mike Tomlin so- so- sold his soul to somebody uh, to get the Steelers to keep winning games that they should not win. So I-, I think that he should definitely be in your, you can't take him out. I think that he's a locked and loaded fantasy wide receiver too, with, with more upside if he ends up, taking one deep he's inside my top 20 this week uh speaking of those jaguars erickson give me your first must start receiver yeah i'm going back to uh, calvin ridley you know he's coming off a horrible game on thursday night football you know basically got erased from the saints defense or by the saints defense but look the usage is still there for him he's still running the most routes on the team he still led the team in air yards he leads the team in air yard share this season at 36 percent. and look just two weeks ago he caught seven balls for 122 yards look He's not the fantasy wide receiver one that we thought he was going to be after week one, but he's still a receiver that can deliver spiked weeks in good matchups. And the Steelers have been a horrible, a horrible team against wide receivers. Now it's really been more in the slot. So again, you're still starting Christian Kirk, but look, Calvin Ridley, he's going to have big games here and there. And I think this is one that against the Steelers secondary, that's not that good. You know, the rank fourth and explosive pass plays allowed this year on defense, second highest average depth of target faced. So they're getting beat deep, and that's really where Calvin really has been his most productive when they've been targeting downfield, which they didn't do last week against the Saints with Trevor Lawrence banged up. So I think that Ridley, he's been frustrating to own, but I think this is a matchup where he can uh, deliver. Wide receiver 27 this week. Debro, too high, too low, just right? It's pretty much just right. I've got Calvin Ridley, a wide receiver 31, and I, I think he's he's in that tier of wide receiver threes. And I've got I, I mean, I already have him ranked higher, and we're going to talk about another Jaguars wide receiver that I, I believe is going to go off this week. But yeah, Ridley, I think somewhere in that wide receiver three tier is about right. Debra, let's stick with you for your next wide receiver. Yeah, man. Um, the next guy I got to bring up here is Josh Downs. He has been on a hot streak, and I think it continues this week. Um, you look at what the Saints do. They play a lot of man coverage. They have the fifth or the seventh highest rate of man coverage this year. Talked about this in previous shows. Josh Downs is the guy that the Colts go to versus man coverage. Uh, against man coverage, 22% target share. You look at zone, it's only 16%. Versus man coverage, he leads the team with a 23% first reach here and 2.1 yards per route run, as well as Alante Taylor has been struggling since they moved him into being the nickel corner this year. Alante Taylor is giving up a 66% catch rate, 100.2 passer rating in his coverage. I think Josh Downs, again, we keep talking about him. He's stacking these wide receiver three or higher games going to be another week where he's a wide receiver three or better double digit 
fantasy points in four of the last five Crushing. weeks. He's becoming very consistent, very very fun to watch. I'm really excited, uh, you know, for the leagues in which I was able to pick up Downs. He's a he's a fun one. Where do you have Downs this week, Erickson? I have him above Michael Pittman. I know that. Um, yeah. He's a wide receiver. He's in the wide receiver three range for me. I've got him at wide but receiver think- 32. He's right yeah. behind Calvin Ridley. Yeah, that's another surprising sentence to hear uh, after, mm-hmm. you know, if you could have told somebody that, you know, two months ago. Say goodbye to your own start sit dilemmas with Fantasy Pros Start Sit Assistant. Within seconds, you'll know exactly who to play for optimal results each and every week. Leveraging insights from numerous experts, the Start Sit Assistant aligns your lineup decisions with the top minds in fantasy football, giving you a competitive edge. Maximize your lineup's potential with just a few clicks. Head to fantasypros.com slash my playbook and make winning decisions in no time. Erickson, who's your next must start receiver? All right, he's back from the bye week. Should be fully healthy. Going to start T. Higgins. I, I like the matchup here against the San Francisco 49ers. They're 10th of fantasy points per game allowed to wide receivers. Sixth most fantasy points allowed per game to wide receivers lined up on the perimeter, on the boundary. And Higgins is fully healthy. So I get that he's had basically one good game the entire season. He's been banged up. Joe Burrow's been banged up. But I think that this is a statement game for the Bengals and their offense coming up. The 49ers are hurting right now. They are dealing with a lot of injuries. And this is the healthiest we may have. We may see the Bengals at any point this year is coming off their bye week. So I want to be ahead of the curve here. And T Higgins has shown that he can deliver massive ceilings in games that are high paced that are a little bit back and forth. So I, I like him a lot in this spot. And if you have him, you've been sitting on him, obviously disappointed with him, but I would believe in Joe Burrow. And that means I'm going to believe in T Higgins in a solid matchup. Yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong, but it, you said uh, he's had one good game. He's had one non abysmal game in every other game besides that game against the Ravens in week two. He is combined for six catches for 60 yards this season, nine fantasy points in half PPR. So it's I, I can't blame anybody who's still like a little gun shy about starting T Higgins. Deeper, where do you have him? Oh, T. Higgins. I've got T. Higgins as I've actually got T. Higgins as a wide receiver three this week. Um, and this is not that I, that I don't like T. Higgins. I just think that there are other guys in the similar range. And I think this is going to be a massive Jamar Chase game. OK, Debro, uh, stick with you. Give me your last must start receiver. I teased it earlier. It's Christian Kirk week, baby. We're talking about Christian Kirk versus man coverage. Pittsburgh's top 10 in man coverage rate. They're actually fifth highest in the NFL against man coverage. Christian Kirk, 30% target share, 32% first read share. And just to give a little bit of context here against zone, only a 20% target share and 23% first read share. Those jump 10 to 13%. It's massive, man. Christian Kirk is going to eat the Steelers alive this week and this all flows down like we talked about Calvin really we talked about Christian Kirk you need to be higher on Trevor Lawrence Jaguars are winning this game baby I love it it's gonna be a shootout yeah you guys both picking uh you know receivers from this game so I hope you're right should I think it's gonna be a really fun game actually uh Erickson who's your last must start receiver Nico Collins another guy coming love off it. his team's bye week but look Nico Collins the reason he's been so good this year he destroys man coverage and he's a yak monster Yards after the catch machine. He just destroys and takes the souls of defensive backs with his physicality. And the Carolina Panthers, second to miss tackles on defense this year. So he's going to have the chance to break some tackles when he gets the ball in his hands. Um, I do like Tank Dell a lot in this matchup, too. Tank Dell's actually been yep. a lot better against zone coverage, which is going to probably see what the Texans see more of. So it's not that man coverage look that we usually want to target Nico Collins in, but 
I still want to play Collins in this matchup just because the Panthers secondary, the Panthers defense overall is just not great. I like CJ Stroud this week. So I want to pair him obviously with his number one guy who has been mostly Nico Collins, um, especially the last time they played because Dell was out. So I like the Texans offense overall. I mean, talked about Damian Pierce already. I'm just going to double down here with Nico Collins as well. Yeah, I'm all in on Collins in general, but specifically this week as well. He's wide receiver 20 in ECR. And honestly, I think that might be too low. Now, that's easy for me to say because I don't actually have to move anybody down to move him up. So I don't have rankings that I have to share. But I, I just I, I think he's going to be higher than that. I, I I love the matchup. I love the player. They're coming off the bye. Like, I, I think it's a total smash spot for for Nico. Debra, I assume you agree. I know you like Nico a oh, lot, too. I love too. Nico. I love the entire yeah. Texans passing attack this week. I'm going to have Nico. I've got him at wide receiver 17. And, yeah, I mean, you could you don't have to twist my arm to sit here and move him up. I'm going to have him and Tank Dell. When it's all said and done before the, the slate locks on Sunday, I will have both of these Texans wide receivers above VCR. VCR keeps going up. I'm just going to keep going up, too. I love that strategy. Uh, Dero, George Pickens or DJ Moore this week? Oh, Pickens. Easy Pickens. How about Josh Downs or Rashi Rice? I'm going to play. The, I'm going to take the guy that actually plays a full time role in his offense. Give me Josh Downs. Rashi Rice with his 50 to 60% route route share every single week. If he does not score a touchdown or wrote this up in the primary, if he doesn't score a touchdown, you're going to be very upset you played Rashi Rice. How about Christian Kirk or Zay Flowers? Zay Flowers. It's Zay Day, baby. I'm going Zay Flowers. And I the, the funny thing with that worm, I have them back to back in my rankings. Zay is wide oh, receiver yeah. 14. Kirk is wide receiver 15. So try and start them both if you can. But if you had to pick, you go Zay. Yeah, I'm going Zay. This is the breakout Eric, game for Zay. We haven't seen a ceiling game. It's this week. Yeah. Speaking of breakout games, Erickson, Calvin Ridley or Jordan Addison? Ooh. Hmm. Ooh, that's a good one. I, mean, I think you got to. I think you got to stay in the flames with Addison. He's just. Same. He's been too good. And again, like don't, don't tempt fate at this point. It's like, yeah, like Calvin Ridley's got a good matchup this week, but it's like Jordan Addison just has been scoring points every single week. So like, don't take him out of your lineup. You know, whereas Ridley has to be match. He's, he's way more matchup dependent. And even though the Vikings are on the road in Green Bay, not ideal. I mean, like Addison's in Fuego right now, and he's a rookie receiver. So it's like we could say, oh, can he keep this up? It's like all we've seen is him be good. Like, like, we haven't seen him be bad at any point. So, you know, why tempt fate? So Addison for me. He's also the exact definition of a league winner. Like these rookie receivers who are good mm -hmm. at, you know, small sample sizes early in the season. They start to get more workload and they just explode in the second half. It happens every single year. And all those guys, it starts with Kenny. Like, re remember, let's, let's be kind of rewind. Remember when Amon Ra started that that long stretch and everybody's like, he can't keep doing it, can he? Oh, crap. He's he's still doing it. Three weeks later, he's still doing it. He's still he's still out there catching touchdowns. Yeah. How's he doing it? <laughs> That's how it always starts where people are like, there's no way you can't do it. Can't yeah. keep doing it. No way. No way. No way. And four weeks Happens later, every still year. happening. Uh, Erickson, how about T Higgins or the guy that we never pick, but that I include in these questions every week because he's always in the same range. And that's Drake London. Ooh, T Higgins or Drake London. Yeah, really. Uh, I think for me, I think it's a ceiling floor play. So I think London, I mean, London, you know what you're going to get from him. Again, it's a good matchup against the Titans. They have a bad secondary and he's the target leader. But um, I, I want to fade the Falcons as hum as much as humanly possible when they play on the road because Desmond Ritter is horrible. I mean, Desmond Ritter was, was begging the Buccaneers to win the game last week. Kept 
fumbling the ball in the red zone like constantly. No, 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 get... Erickson. I've been told Desmond Ritter is a franchise quarterback now. Okay, <laughs> he's he's good. He's uh, very. Good. I, I think London Who is told a safer. The, London's <laughs> a safer <laughs> play. I think he has a higher floor, but I think that Higgins again. If again, if Chase doesn't have the big blow up game, then it's probably going to be T Higgins that has the big blow up game. So, if I'm shooting for ceiling, I would go with Higgins. All right, Erickson. How about Nico Collins or Jacoby Myers? Uh, Nico Collins for me. I mean, the Raiders, I don't yep. even know who their quarterback is. And really, Jacoby Myers has, I mean, the good has been absolutely balling out, but a lot of his splits are much better with Jimmy Garoppolo. And actually, his worst game did come when Aiden O'Connell was the starting quarterback, which that's what it kind of looks like is trending for them to play O'Connell if Jimmy Garoppolo can't play because, I mean, they should have played him last week, but they didn't because you, you don't want Brian Hoyer part do. You don't you dude, want I've, that in your I've life, Erickson? Bri- dude, I, I, once they announced that Brian Hoyer was going to start that game, I just tweeted out Bears plus three lock button. And what do you know? <laughs> Bears won outright. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to the quarterback, tight end, and defense slash special teams. Debro, hit me with your guys. All right, well, talked about George Pickens. Let's team with the quarterback. Kenny Pickett, baby. Um, it, Kenny Pickett had his best game of the season last week with Deontay Johnson, George Pickens back in the fold as far as passing grade, yards per attempt, all those different part metrics. I mean, the guy had 9.2 yards per attempt. This is easily his best game of the season. So going against a pass funnel defense in the Jacksonville Jaguars who are on the second highest passing yards per game, ninth most passing touchdowns. I think Kenny Pickett could be a sneaky QB one this week. Um, going with the tight end position, it's Jake Ferguson week, man. We've seen this time and time again where the Rams, the, the, their outside corner play is extremely good. So they funnel everything to the middle of the field. And the tight ends eat. We saw Dallas Goddard do this. You've seen other guys have productive weeks. Jake Ferguson is playing a full-time role in this Dallas Cowboys offense now. And against the Rams, they've allowed the highest yards per reception to tight ends, the sixth most receiving yards and the fifth most fantasy points per game. So it's Ferg week, baby. And as far as the defense, Miami Dolphins, and I know they have not been fantastic this season, but this comes down to Mac Jones versus pressure. And the Dolphins have pressured at the seventh highest rate in the NFL. Mac Jones has fallen apart to pieces versus pressure. Second highest turnover worthy play rate, eighth lowest passing grade under pressure. I think Mac Jones can have a good game in this one, but still quarterbacks can have good games and still take four sacks, throw two picks and still have good games in fantasy for us. So while I think Mac Jones and I'm probably going to rank him above consensus, he does fall apart against pressure Dolphins can bring it, and we're still going to talk about we can get sacks, we can get turnovers, Mac Jones. So Kenny Pickett obviously is not ranked very highly in ECR. He's down at QB 22, so a low-end QB 2 this week. Obviously, you're higher on him this week, and it's kind of going – I'm not going out on a limb, but you're definitely being aggressive on him. So similar to what we do with Cam Akers, just give me some names that you're starting Pickett over that will surprise people. Uh, I'm going to start Kenny Pickett over Desmond Ritter. I'm going to start him over Sam Howell. I'm going to start him over Russell Wilson. Um, Brock Purdy doesn't go, and it's the Sam Darnold show. I do not want any part of Syndrome and his red flaming hair. Uh, give me, D- Derek, give me Kenny Derek Carr. Derek Carr or Kenny Pickett. I have Derek Carr above him, and that's just a volume play, but it's close. I have them in the same range. Derek Carr is QB 14, and Pickett is QB 16. Who who would you take, Erickson? 
I don't know. I'm going to find out on Sunday when I put one of them in my starting lineup. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't decided uh, but, yet. <laughs> but, but, by the way. That sounds like Russian roulette. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, I hope I live through this. <laughs> Uh, by the way, Syndrome, all-time great villain, so I appreciate oh, finally, that finally, a good movie take from Worm. I mean, you're kind of due by this point, Worm. Yeah, well, I mean, it's just regression I, to the mean at this point. I mean, <laughs> seriously. I mean, you're bound one. to hit I, on I, I mean, <laughs> you're tossing darts, right, you're bound to hit the board well, eventually, man. Well, well first of all, I, I was with you on Tombstone last week. Um, yeah, that's And fair. also, I'm like the right age for the uh, you know, Pixar movies. Incredibles is my favorite Pixar movie. Were so you five I'm, years old when Incredibles came out? I don't. I mean, we need to get I some was, good reference. I here. was twelve when Incredibles came oh, out. Okay, which okay. Is now kind I feel, of the perfect. Age now I feel it. even older. Thanks, Worm. <laughs> Before we move on with the show, let's take a quick second to talk about whatnot. If you haven't heard about Whatnot yet, allow me to introduce you to this incredible platform. Whatnot is the world's leading live shopping platform, often described as a unique blend of eBay and Twitch. Here's how it works. Streamers go live to conduct auctions where they sell a wide range of items, including sports cards, jerseys, sneakers, and much more. This week in the hobby of sports card collecting, the highly anticipated NFL product, Flawless, was released. It's been making waves in the hobby, with cards worth six figures or more being pulled on a daily basis. One player that I think is going to have a great game this week is Damian Pierce. He gets the Carolina Panthers, who are the worst team in football. The Texans' offense has been way better than anticipated this season. They're coming off a bye. I think he's going to have a blow-up game. And when you're on Whatnot, you can invest in Damian Pierce or any other player you think is going to do well just by purchasing his card. You can snag a $10 discount on your first purchase by going to fantasypros.com whatnot and signing up. Don't miss out on this exciting opportunity. Again, sign up when you go to fantasypros.com slash whatnot to redeem your $10 discount. The link will also be in the description. Erickson, give me your QVTEDST. I'm going to go with CJ Stroud. Again, just yes. going full sweep here with the Texans against the Carolina Panthers. Um, the offensive line is fully healthy for the Houston Texans. Last two games played, CJ Stroud has been the fourth least pressured quarterback. So he's operating from a clean pocket. Carolina's pretty middle of the road in terms of generating pressure anyway. He ranks third in passing touchdowns from a clean pocket, fifth in passer rating. And the Panthers have allowed two-plus passing touchdowns in three straight games. So I think C.J. Stroud, you're going to keep playing him. And I'm, I, you guys, I have to be honest with you. Like I had to drop C.J. Stroud for one of my teams um, because I had to pick up a quarterback. And I'm very sad. And that's why I have to start Kenny Pickett and slash or Derek Carr this week. Oh, so, dear. Uh, the league made you pay for it. They said, oh, oh no. Your no I, I, immediately, once I, I had, once I dropped him, I was like, I just made the worst mistake. Just like one of those things <laughs> Sunday morning, you're panicking. You're like, so many things are going on, and you just, I just blew it. And I, I, I deserve to lose now. So the, the, the experts, they're just like us. <laughs> I deserve, I deserve to suffer. So I'm just going to keep on suffering. All right, tight end. Luke Musgrave, if he's healthy, again, he's dealing with an ankle injury. He did not practice on Wednesday, but it's not a concussion. So I think that he should be okay to suit up when games, when the game actually happens. But good matchup against the Minnesota Vikings. Eighth receptions targets allowed per game to tight ends this season. Um, last three games, Musgrave has four plus catches to five plus targets. The last three games that he has been healthy. So I think Musgrave is a, a decent streaming option if you're hurting at the tight end position. And then DST, it's going to be Falcons. Look, they're going to get sacks because they're facing basically the Sam, a different version of Sam Howell between Malik Willis and Will Levis. I don't really care which one of them it is. Like they're going to take a million sacks regardless. That's what Will Levis, that's the only thing he did at college was take sacks. And Malik Willis came in like briefly in the London game 
and took four sacks. <laughs> like, like immediately stepped in and just got sacked a bunch of different times. They hold on to the ball way too long. I think that game's going to be ugly. Just a low-scoring game between the Titans and Falcons. I actually think the Titans are going to come away with the upset because that's just what Mike Brabel does. Like, Mike Tomlin, just like, everyone writes him off and they win because that's just what they do. But I think it's going to be an ugly game uh, regardless, and I think there's going to be a lot of sacks. So Falcons defense, Titans defense, I think both those are very strongly in play, but prefer Atlanta. Are you starting C.J. Stroud or Trevor Lawrence this week? Starting C.J. Stroud. Uh, D-Bro, before I get out of here, where do you have Stroud ranked this week? QB7, baby. I got him right behind Justin Herbert. We're wheels up. Wheels up. All in on the Texans this week. Joe Mixon, Damian Pierce, Javante Williams, Gus Edwards, Cam Akers, Amari DeMarcado are our must-start running backs. George Pickens, Calvin Ridley, Josh Downs, T. Higgins, Christian Kirk, Nico Collins are the wide receivers. Then we're starting Kenny Pickett, C.J. Stroud, Jake Ferguson, Luke Musgrave, Dolphins DST, and the Falcons DST sits. We're starting with the must-sit running backs, and Erickson, we're starting with you. Gonna sit Brian Robinson for the Washington Commanders now. Debra tried to get into the show sheet at Brian <laughs> Robinson, but uh, uh, man, Slowpoke, man, I got him first because he is the probably the number one sit when it comes to the running back position this week. Look, the matchup is horrible. Eagles are the number one defense in terms of fewest fantasy points allowed per game to the running back position. And Brian Robinson's not even getting all the volume anymore in this backfield. Like the commanders have now turned into a three-headed monster. You know, Halloween is approaching, but Chris Rodriguez is now getting snaps and touches, especially in the red zone. So I know Brian Robinson has scored in the last two weeks. Consider yourself lucky. He's not going to do that this week. So you, you need to get away from Brian Robinson. Look, he has 24 carries for 64 yards in his last three games combined. Ooh. No, no on Brian Robinson this week. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Debro. obviously you, this is a player you tried to get as well. So I'll, I'll kind of <laughs> let you weigh in too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Erickson had all the points, man. I mean, for me, it's just like when I wrote up this back for the, for the primer, I'm like, you can't play any of these guys. There's just, there's no way like it, no matter how you slice this, it's like, Oh, well maybe we can go with touchdown equity. Oh no, that's Chris Rodriguez. Maybe we can lean on pass game equity. No, that's Antonio Gibson. Oh, maybe we can go with matchup. That's nobody. So you can't start anybody from the commander's backfield this week. Sorry. Yeah, I I think that's a pretty uh, a fair one. It's a good player to start with, considering the consensus we have there. So let's move to the next player here, Debra, who's your first must sit. Look, I know everybody's loved him, and he's done a lot of great things for fantasy manager this year, but you got to sit Zach Moss. And this is not just talking about, I know he popped up with the injury report with an elbow and a heel injury. Weird combination, but here we are. Even if he plays, this is now Jonathan Taylor's backfield. His snaps are trending up. We saw Zach Moss lose the entire red zone role. Jonathan Taylor got all the work inside the 20 last week. So whether you want to go with, oh, well, he's banged up. Oh, well, JT's getting more work. Oh, well, his touchdown equity in this offense has been vaporized. As well as the matchup is horrible for him. You're talking about a Saints run defense that's allowed the fifth lowest touchdown rate, the fourth lowest yards of contact per attempt, and they also have the fifth lowest success rate to zone runs, and that's 77% of what Zach Moss's carries have been on. So, yeah, not playing Zach Moss. Mm-mm, not going to do it. Do you think that 
the toothpaste is out of the tube and we're never going to get this early season Zach Moss back. Or, I mean, he did still have 18 carries to Jonathan Taylor's 18 carries, obviously in less valuable situations, you know, last week. But are you thinking that this was the end of the Zach Moss startable and fantasy stretch of the season, like permanently? Yep. Time to toss that tube into the trash, man. That's how it goes. <laughs> Erickson, give me your next must sit. Deontay Foreman. Um, had a massive game last week against the Las Vegas Raiders. It was a smash spot for him. You know, we talked about him on the show, I believe, last week, and he delivered. You know, three touchdowns, but that's not going to be the case this week. Look, the thing with Foreman that you want to keep in mind is, even though he was really productive last week, you know, Darrington Evans was still splitting carries and snaps with him, despite how productive he was. So, with Roshan Johnson coming back, you know, practicing in full this week, coming back from his concussion, like we're going to see a split committee backfield in some way, shape, or form. Now, I don't want to project exactly how the usage is going to be because I literally don't know. I, I think that Foreman has earned a role on offense based on how well he's played the last two weeks, but the team really likes Roshan Johnson. And like Roshan would have been the starter if he had not gotten hurt. So we'll see how things kind of shake out, but it's going to be probably split in some way, shape, or form. And the matchup is not the Raiders again. Like they're not playing the Raiders. They're playing the Chargers on the road. They're eight and a half point dogs. And I can at least confirm. I feel confident saying Foreman's not going to be involved in the passing game. Like he's never been involved in the passing game. I know he was last week, but it's very, very rare. And Roshan is something that's where he thrives the most. Like in pass pro catching passes out of the backfield. He's been doing that since basically week one when he's been healthy. So I don't like the matchup for Foreman, especially when you look at the Chargers run defense that usually is when we want to target. They've been really good the last two weeks. Fewer than 35 rushing yards allowed to both Isaiah Pacheco and Tony Pollard. So those teams can both run the football. Like those are two good running backs. Um, so Deontay Foreman for me, I know he was a monster last week. Not going to be the case here. Are you willing to start Roshan this week, Erickson? I, I really don't want to start any Bears running back to be totally honest. I mean, if I had to start one, it would be Roshan, but again, you are entering uncharted waters because what's his role going to be? Like, we've never seen him play mm-hmm. alongside a healthy Deontay Foreman or an active Deontay Foreman, and he's also coming off concussion. So, like, how much usage does he really get? Now, I think that the pass catching is there, so I think there is a floor, um, but what kind of ceiling is that going to offer for the Bears who are, again, massive dogs on the road? Yeah, Debra, what are you doing with this backfield this week? I'm trying to avoid it like the plague, man. Like, this backfield could be the same thing as Commanders or the Arizona Cardinals the week before. Like, this could be a three-way committee. And I love the fact that Erickson pointed out that the Chargers have been a good run defense because everybody keeps talking about the Chargers out on social media and they're like, oh, start. It's kind of like the Bears. Everybody's like, oh, start your running backs versus the Bears. It's like, no, the Bears are a good run defense. Oh, start everybody versus the Chargers. New. No. They are a very good run defense. They're top five in the lowest explosive run rate allowed and missed tackles rate. So... You don't need to be targeting the Chargers this year. This is the year to stay away with running backs. If you guys need new tires for your car, Discount Tire is your go-to. They have exceptional service, and you get a 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. They have this really cool feature called Treadwell, which is an online tire buying guide that gives you transparency on tire performance as well as personalized recommendations based on your location and driving habits. Discount Tire is also the largest independent tire retailer in the country, so it has the biggest selection 
of tires and wheels. And here's a pro tip from the experts at Discount Tire. You can prevent wear and boost gas mileage by keeping your tires properly inflated. Tire pressure supports the weight of your vehicle and is important to check for safety. So if it's been over a month since you last checked your tire pressure, stop by one of their local stores for a free tire safety and air pressure check. Discount Tire, let's get you taken care of. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Debro, give me your next must-sit running back. So uh, we did, did get the news, at least right now, Aaron Jones missed Wednesday's practice. I don't know if he plays this week. I do not want to play A.J. Dillon, even if he is out. One, A.J. Dillon has not been anything special this year. His All of his efficiency metrics are in the trash can this season. So outside of, and these are this is not the Raiders, so they're not going to help A.J. Dillon look like a good running back again. The Minnesota Vikings, again, we're talking about run defenses that people want to target and they shouldn't be targeting. Minnesota Vikings have been a very good run defense this year. Second lowest explosive run rate allowed, eighth lowest yards after contact per attempt, and 10th fewest fantasy points per game allowed to running backs. I don't want to play A.J. Dillon. If you have another wide receiver you can throw into a flex or what have you, you need to do it. You need to sit A.J. Dillon. Where are you ranking Dillon this week? Uh, Right now, assuming Aaron Jones, if he's out, which is how I kind of ranked him, RB 32, and I might drop him a little bit lower than that. Erickson, are you higher or lower on Dillon than RB 32? Well, I still have Aaron Jones in my uh, in my rankings, so it depends on again he'll go up. Yeah. But it's one of the. I mean, we've done this all year with AJ Dillon. Like even when he started, it's like you're getting RB three production. And again, if you're trying to flex somebody, I'd rather chase a wide receiver in a good matchup with more upside. And Dillon's just going to offer a touch floor if he's just the starting running back. Like Dillon's yeah. in that same range as like all these other guys we don't want to start. Like the Bears backfield guys, Kareem Hunt, all these guys were just like. Eh. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, Erickson, give me your uh, third and final must-sit running back of the week. I'm Miles Sanders. Again, I just don't know what his role... I mean, he may have lost his job. I, I don't know. Like, Frank Reich has already talked about that being a more of a committee when it comes to running the football. I know they want to run the football a little bit more, you know, to, to protect Bryce Young. I mean, it's a decent matchup against the Texans, but I just can't trust what Sanders' workload is going to be. Again, because he's been totally outplayed by Chuba Hubbard. So... Hubbard has played well enough to earn snaps and touches in the backfield, whereas Miles Sanders, even coming off the bye week, he's been dealing with injuries. I just am not pleased with what I've seen with Sanders, and if I had to start a Panthers running back, I would start Juba Hubbard and hope that what he has done is going to carry over before the bye week into this matchup against the Texans. So Miles Sanders is someone I got I to gotta wait and see him play well first before I can even think about starting him again. 
Yeah, Debra, where are you at on Sanders? Because he's the type of person, he's the type of player that was drafted in a spot that he's likely one of the first, you know, couple of running backs that fantasy managers drafted. And depending on how injuries have gone for their team and how successful they've been on waivers, they might be in a position where they kind of have to start him, even if you really don't have any trust level with him. So where do you come down on Sanders for this week? <sighs> I've got Sanders at RB 35. And just to peel back the curtain further, I've got Shuba Hubbard ranked above him. I think that there's it, regardless of even want to talk about does Sanders get his job back? Chuba Hubbard's easily been the better running back in this backfield. Even when Miles Sanders has been healthy, like, this guy's outside the top 35, top 40 running backs in basically every efficiency metric that you look at. Just because he's healthy right now, I don't think that changes. Yeah. All right, Debra, uh, wrap us up on the running back segment with your last must sit. Well, I kind of teased it earlier. Kareem Hunt, I do not want to play him. And, and continuing with this theme about name value as far as these run defenses, people think that you can run on the Seattle Seahawks, and that is definitely not true. They have the sixth highest stuff rate this season, 11th lowest yards of contact per attempt allowed, and the 11th fewest fantasy points per game allowed to running backs. So I don't know where this narrative comes up. And yesteryear, you're like, no, you can throw to running backs versus Seattle. Can't even do that this year. You can't run versus them. So Cleveland Browns, P.J. Walker-led offense, are they even going to get into the end zone or the red zone much less? Mm, no, I don't want to play Kareem Hunt. The consensus rankings on FantasyPros.com in half PPR have Kareem Hunt as RB26. Is that too Oof. high, too low, or just right, Debra? That is too high. I've got Kareem Hunt. Where are you at, Mr. Kareem Hunt? RB32, and I've got him. It, again, it's this nasty, like, RB3 tier of him, Deontay Foreman. Like, and and I, you tell me, Erickson, would you rather play Kareem Hunt this week, or would you rather play Cam Akers? In a smash matchup, I, I'm going with Acres. Um, I mean, I'm gonna probably play Cream Hunt and just trust the volume because again, I don't know. I mean, look, Acres is trending in the right direction, but again, it foot flops. You know, one week they give a lot of touches to Alexander Madison, the next week they give a lot of touches to Cam Akers. Like, so for me, it's still like, I mean, Jerome Ford's not gonna play, so Cream Hunt's like the mm -hmm. lead running back, and yeah, Seattle is a good run defense, but Cream Hunt's a is he the lead game. running back? Pierre Strong got more touches than him after yeah, Jerome the Ford fourth, went out. Yeah, in the fourth quarter of the game. That's where okay. that's all Pierre Strong's touches have been have been in garbage time. <laughs> so I mean, I think Kareem Hunt's okay. So but who's so you're, so you're going with a PJ Walker led offense over a Kirk Cousins led offense? Am I hearing that right? Uh they are playing on the road. And the Vikings so, offense has been horrible on the road this year. Okay. So, I, I will okay. also say that that was a pretty back and forth game. So like just because they came in the fourth quarter, like those were still some important touches. Okay, but like who's getting the red zone touches? Like that's all I care about because I we don't, don't talk know. about how Seattle. You, are you so sure it's Kareem Hunt? Yes, because they, they gave yeah. Kareem Hunt red zone touches when Nick Chubb was healthy. Of course, they're going to give it to Kareem Hunt, not Pierre Strong. Previous years, not this year, man. What do you yeah. think? Kareem Hunt was getting red zone touches over Jerome Ford. <laughs> who scored two touchdowns last week. I, yeah, all I could say is PJ Walker led offense. Have fun. Let, let's just so they're gonna get the... shut out by the Seahawks. They're gonna score zero points. They scored thirty eight <laughs> points last week or okay. thirty nine. Let's jump. Let's jump into the who do I start tool. This is free to use at fantasypros.com slash start. Anybody listening can head there and put in your own starter sit questions up to four players at a time, which is a feature I really like. You can even pick and choose which experts your decision draws from. 
You can pick Erickson. You can pick Debra. You can pick both of them. You can pick none of them. Entirely up to you. <laughs> Again, that's free to use at <laughs> fantasypros.com slash start. Uh, Erickson, are you starting Brian Robinson or Daryl Henderson this week? Dude, come on. You're going to bring Daryl Henderson on to me like this? Oh, I am. God. Um, this is a hard decision, Erickson. I just don't think Daryl Henderson is like any good. Like I'm sorry, like, I just don't Ooh. think they're, good, they're ranked but... back to back in the consensus ranking. So theoretically, and every it's a time hard I decision. every time I like try to write off Brian Robbins, he just like scores a random receiving touchdown. Like he's done. Like, you like, just poo pooed on him. Like you're just like don't <laughs> touch B. Rob. Well, I don't like, I don't like, like Daryl Henderson either. I don't like. I have zero faith trusting any Rams running back that's Sean McVay is controlling. So. I, at least you funny. know I'm going Brian. That Robinson, pain is so. real. That pain is. Where Robinson. did you Where did you end up having Zach Evans ranked last week, Erickson? I mean, I moved him way down after like okay. we got more uh, information. I mean, he was okay. behind Royce Freeman for me, so he was like, "All right, that's." Good. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure uh, you didn't hurt yourself too much with that. So, Debra, obviously, I assume you're taking Henderson. Oh yeah, I'm going Henderson. Yeah. I mean, I think his snaps could even go up this week. So. I mean, straight up off the couch, and he almost played 60% of the snaps if he's healthy walking into this one. And, and we need to mention this, too. Everybody's like, oh, he went back to the practice squad. Do you know that NFL teams could do that three times before they have to sign you to the 53? So that does not matter. He's going to come right back up. Do you think that Sean McVay said, well, Daryl Henderson, I trust you in pass protection. I trust you to play 60% of the snaps. Now we jettison you off to the practice squad and you will never be heard from again. Come on, I mean, man. I mean, they did cut him last year in November when he led the team in rushing yards for Cam Akers, who Chuck Bay hates. That's so, fair. So just saying, never say never because Miles Gaskin might actually be active this week. So who knows? Uh, Erickson, Deonta Foreman or Alexander Madison, your favorite. Oh, yeah, Ooh. Alexander Madison. Easy. Yeah. It's a great matchup against the Packers. So. Uh, Miles Sanders or Jalen Warren? Jalen Warren, I'm just more yeah, confident about true. his role, and he catches, even though he didn't catch passes last week, I until it's like a trend with Najee like taking over the receiving role, I'll, I expect Jalen Warren's receptions and targets to bounce back up. Debro, Zach Moss, or Chuba Hubbard? I'm gonna go Chuba. Yep. How about AJ Dillon or Roshan Johnson, who we already talked about a bit? Ugh. I'm gonna go with talent. I'll 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 bank on Roshan Johnson. I don't care if it's three way committee. I'll I'll, I'll I would e- rather even push if Aaron Jones in. is officially out. Yes, AJ Dillon. Okay. We've seen what this looks like. Like AJ Dillon is just the Midwest version of Josh Kelly. That's all he is. He gets the the starting job and he does nothing with it. Gross. <laughs> And then he scores uh-huh. points when nobody plays him like Josh yeah. Kelly did last week. That's yeah. true, man. It's like Austin Eckler's back. Josh Kelly's like, just like time to super like metal, baby. salt in the wounds of people that start him. And then when they yeah. he actually scores points, no one plays him. Uh, Kareem Hunt or Ramondre Stevenson? Oh, it's Mondre. They're only two spots apart in the uh, consensus rankings, but... Ramondre is ahead in those rankings. Let's go to the must-sit wide receivers. Erickson, start us off. I'm going to start with Tyler Lockett for the Seattle Seahawks. So one thing just to kind of note that he's like dealing with like something like a hamstring injury. Like he was on the injury report last week. He's on the injury report again this week. So he's played, but just something to come to monitor. He's an older wide receiver. So you see these guys get banged up a little bit more, and sometimes it affects how they play on game day. And that's what we've seen from Lockett. Like Lockett hasn't really been that great this year in terms of his production. He's had one game with that two touchdowns, one game where he almost had 100 receiving yards. But besides that, like he's pacing career lows in yards after the catch per reception, yards per route run, 20% target share since week three, which ranks 42nd. He's wide receiver 60 in points per game since week three. 
So I just think that, especially against the Browns defense, who run a lot of man coverage, Tyler Lockett's your zone beater. Like that's where he, that's his bread and butter. That's where he is most productive, where Metcalf is the guy that usually eats up against man coverage. So Metcalf's going to be back this week. He's practicing in full. Jackson Smith and Jigba is starting to get more involved in the offense. So it's like, it's not a great matchup on paper because the Browns are a really good defense. It's not the type of defense that Lockett usually plays well against. And he's not even seeing like a significant target share with so many other mouths to feed in this offense. And the other big thing too, last week with the Colts wide receivers who I think that were both honestly strong sits, but they both ripped off like these massive touchdowns. <laughs> like Michael Pittman got there like at the last second, like a 75 yard touchdown. He had two catches. Like he should have busted, but he didn't. But the thing is Lockett has been horrible or him and Geno Smith have been horrible trying to connect downfield. Lockett's two for 11 on targets of 20 plus air yards this season. Like him and Gino are not connecting on these downfield passes. And that's the only way the Colts receivers got there last week against this stout Browns secondary. So for me, Tyler Lockett, especially with all these receivers available to me with no bye weeks, he's someone that I'm comfortable sitting for someone else with a better matchup. Consensus agrees with you. He's down at wide receiver 37 for the week and half PPR. Debra, who's your first must sit receiver? My first guy, I'm going to go to the other side of the, the coin here. Uh, Mari Cooper. Uh, again, PJ Walker led offense. I want no part of these Browns players. And we need to also talk about this. Amari Cooper has not been great against zone this year. His yards per route run has dropped from 1.94 to 1.75. Seattle's corners have been playing better. So again, the narrative of these defenses we want to target. Since week four, Seattle's they, the, Seattle has shut down perimeter wide receivers. They've allowed the lowest receiving yards to perimeter wide receivers and the eighth lowest PPR points per target. I do not want to play Amari Cooper this week. Only has 18 fantasy points across his last three games, and Whoa. 13 of those came in one game. So a couple of duds sprinkled in there has not been performing well, uh, you know, without Deshaun. Also, those matchups you mentioned, I think, are good points as well. So we'll move on to Erickson's next must-sit receiver. So I mentioned the Colts receiver. So Michael Pittman Jr. is going to be a sit for me this week. So last week he got there, caught a 75-yard touchdown <laughs> like late in the game. Because of that, he was sitting on one catch. For like 20 yards. <laughs> he was not doing anything. But he, he salvaged his day and saved you. But I don't like the matchup against the Saints. Fifth fewest fantasy points allowed to perimeter wide receivers this season. They play a lot of man coverage. And that's where Michael Pittman has traditionally struggled this year. Against man coverage. Now last week, he got he beat uh, the Browns defense for a 75-year touchdown against man coverage. So his numbers got a little bit of a boost because of that. I just wouldn't bet on it happening again. So I would prefer just starting Josh down straight up because it's just a much better matchup in the slot. We saw it on Thursday night when Christian Kirk had a monster game and Calvin Ridley was, you know, he dressed up early for Halloween and went as a ghost. So um, the slot is where you want to target this Saints defense. So for me, that's Josh Downs and not Michael Pittman Jr. So I know he delivered last week. Don't fall for it. This is going to be a bus game for Michael Pittman. He's wide receiver 31 in the consensus rankings. Too high, too low, just right. I think that he's always going to end up kind of in that wide receiver three it's territory because he sees a lot of volume. But look, receivers bust all the time, and way he's not high. in an offense where you can be confident enough that, oh, Minshew's going to totally get it done for him. Like, a lot of Minshew's production has been garbage time, so I wouldn't bank on Michael Pittman having a I have a Pittman as a wide game. receiver four, man. Mm -mm. I don't want no part yeah. of him. Fairly. Yeah, I was going to say, D-Bro, looks like you've got a wide receiver 44. Is mm -hmm. that? Yep. Man, yeah. So many guys but, I want to start over Michael Pittman. Yeah. Um, let's go to your next one, Debra. 
Well, this will make you happy, Worm. I do not want to to test the Baltimore Ravens secondary. I want to sit Hollywood Brown. In the revenge game. Hey, look, I wish I could sit here and and wrote that up at the primer. I was like, I (laughs) wish I could tout like all this revenge narrative stuff and be like, yeah, it's good. This is the first time. This is the first time he's faced the Ravens, right? Am I forgetting a matchup they've had since that trade? Pretty yeah. sure. I mean, they didn't, but, play, they, they didn't play last year, I don't think. Right? Yeah, yeah. So Yeah, okay. but uh, it's going to be a sad homecoming for Marquise Brown. Um, you're looking at the Ravens secondary. They squashed perimeter wide receivers, allowing the lowest PPR points per target and the 12th lowest receiving yards to perimeter guys this season. Yeah, Hollywood's not going to be great, man. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's an interesting one because the, the, you know, Prior to the Lions matchup, which obviously very much went in the Ravens' favor from right off the bat, and it put the Lions behind the eight ball, there was a lot of talk about how some of these Ravens' like past defense statistics are a little bit of a misnomer because they haven't really faced very many great quarterbacks, very many great receivers this year. So I'm still curious to see what they look like moving forward. You know, obviously Marlon Humphrey's getting healthier by the week but he's not fully 100 yet marcus williams is probably still going to be out on this one so like i'm still a little hesitant to say this is like an elite elite pass defense uh, but they're still quite good so i'm yeah but the, the the area where you would attack baltimore is up the middle and through the slot like give me arthur mallet like amon Ra eating him up on a weekly basis or at least last week against versus marlon humphrey and brandon stevens stevens has played out of his mind he has played amazing this year Yeah, another note just on the Ravens' defense, Roquan did miss practice on Wednesday with a shoulder injury. It hasn't seemed serious the way they're talking about it as of yet, but um, he's so important to that defense. So just worth noting, um, you know, for any of these matchups. Let's go to your next must-sit receiver, Erickson. DeAndre Hopkins. You have to sit DeAndre Hopkins this week. I'm like, you're getting Malik Willis. Will Levis. I don't. I mean, even with Ryan Tannehill, you could barely start DeAndre Hopkins. So. For me, there is zero touchdown upside. You're just hoping he gets, he's got to get like 15 targets and you're hoping for like five for 50. Like like that's like the best case scenario here with DeAndre Hopkins because he's no touchdown upside. He hasn't scored a touchdown yet this year. He's getting a massive quarterback downgrade just in terms of like passing volume. Malik Willis, I think is going to be better than he was last year, but we don't even know if he's going to play that much. If he's going to start, they're talking about Will Levis starting. Either way, both these guys are sack machines. Like they just both just they take so much like they're going to push Sam Howell for his money about who can be the most sacked quarterback on Sunday. So that's going to kill drives and it's going to kill DeAndre Hopkins in this matchup, especially like the matchup in papers are not even good. Like the Falcons are a good defense against wide receivers. AJ Terrell is playing really well this year. Falcons are second best against perimeter wide receivers. Now Terrell can be beat. You know, Mike Evans burned him last week, but Mike Evans is playing really well. And that's not the case with DeAndre Hopkins, who is just any, he's a volume receiver better against zone than man. And I, I really don't think that these inexperienced quarterbacks are going to look at Hopkins and man-to-man coverage when he's blanketed and try to rip the ball in there. They're going to try to play more conservative, run the ball with Derrick Henry. So it's just a really bad spot for DeAndre Hopkins. So he's coming off the bye week, and you should leave him on your bench. Yeah, there is a 0% chance I would consider starting DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins this week. Where, where do you have leagues. him ranked right now, Erickson? Because I got him in the wide receiver four range. I yeah I mean I have wide receiver 37 I mean it's like hard because it's like it's Hopkins and you're like you look at any like type of projections and it's like he's never gonna like end up being in the 40s because of just like how volume works but 
Like, yeah, but I don't even see, feel good like, about the 12. volume. It's Will Levis volume. He could see like 50, <laughs> but he, it's like he could see 15 targets and catch five of them. Like, so that catchable target volume, rate's gonna look very, very bad this week. Yeah, it's just a bad, it's a bad look, especially because the Falcons, they're weak against tight end. I mean, if anything, like, if you want to roll the dice on uh, it'd be Chickaconqua, like a tight end, like you'd roll the dice on him because the Oof. Falcons are bad against tight ends and slot receivers. So, uh, but that's not Hopkins. So yeah, this, this feels like a game where they might like try and protect the young quarterbacks and just run like 35 times. And we, mm-hmm. and we don't even we gotta, see the volume. Build the trade die for Derrick Henry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> by running him into the ground. Uh, all right, D bro. Who's your last must sit receiver? Cortland Sutton. And I understand that he snagged a touchdown the last time we played the chiefs. And that totally saved his day. He did not get shadow Bell with Jerry Sneed. I can't tell you that that doesn't happen this week. Maybe they don't shadow him, but look, didn't need to shadow him because outside of the touchdown, he didn't diddly squat. Kansas City Chiefs have also put the clamps down on perimeter wide receivers. 13 fewest receiving arts to perimeter guys, 14th lowest PPR points per target. So, yeah, Cortland Sutton, this entire, I mean, like, look, Russell Wilson couldn't even get above the century mark for passing yards last time he faced the Chiefs. I'm not saying that he's not going to surpass 100 yards this time, but it's not going to be pretty. Where, where were Do these you- Cortland Sutton touchdowns last year? Come on, like, like <laughs> yeah. is anyone else? Is anyone else like seeing this? He scores touchdowns every single week. I'm like, well, I was, I was asking about that. I was, like, do you guys ascribe any value to like he has scored a touchdown in oh, what five of his real. seven weeks this season? That like, is real. Like, I, obviously, we're not as optimistic as we were, or as some of us were last summer, Erickson. But like, he is getting the red zone usage, and he is the guy that Russell Wilson is looking for in the rare opportunity when they have a chance to score. So like, do we like find any value in, in that role? And maybe like it kind of raises his floor. If you think there's a decent chance he gets a touchdown D bro. I can't, if I'm going touchdown hunting, I'm going other places. That That is not <laughs> one that I want to go touchdown hunting. And uh-uh. yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> um, Erickson, I'm going to put two of your guys against each other, Tyler Lockett or Michael Pittman. Ooh, I'd start uh, Michael Pittman. Ooh. Where, would you rank Hopkins below both those guys, by the way? Yes. Okay. Uh, how about DeAndre Hopkins or Tank Dell this week? Oh, tank Dell. Yeah, Tank. Easy, Easy Tank. Yeah. yeah. Um, and those are the Tyler Lockett-Pittman one, actually. That's like a 50-50 in the tool. So that's uh, an interesting one to see where people come down on. Debro, Amari Cooper or Garrett Wilson this week? I'm going to go Garrett Wilson, and I understand he's, he's attached to the arm of Zach Wilson. doesn't matter. I'm still going Garrett Wilson. How about Marquise Brown or Deontay Johnson? Oh, Deontay. Easy. Landslide. And then Cortland Sutton or DK Metcalf? I'm going to go DK. It, Seattle, if they have any chance to get against Cleveland's man coverage this week, it's going to have to run through DK. If not, it's lights out, baby. Forget it. Let's head to the quarterback, tight end, defense slash special team section here. Uh, must sit QB, TE, and DST. Erickson, who you got? I'm going to sit uh, Geno Smith. Big expectations with him last week, and he didn't really deliver like that much. And it was really a great matchup for him against the Cardinals, and this is the worst matchup I think you could ask for. I get that Gardner Minshew was a monster for fantasy. Uh, he scored two rushing touchdowns. The, if you look at the quarterbacks <laughs> that have actually done anything against the Browns, it's because they scored two rushing touchdowns. It was Gardner Minshew and Lamar Jackson. Geno Smith is not going to score two rushing touchdowns. So for me, even at home, don't want to play him against the Cleveland Browns. A tight end, Trey McBride, 
you know, it looks like, okay, Zach Ertz is gone. Like we should get him in a full-time role and that's great. And maybe you should stash him, but do not play him against the Ravens. It's a no fly zone when it comes to tight ends. And it's not just, oh, well they haven't played anybody good. It's like, no, like they actually have like the personnel to like stop tight ends with Kyle Hamilton with their strong safety play. And they're just strong defense overall and giving up the second fewest fantasy points per game to tight end. So if you're excited about McBride, I would keep him on the bench. Hopefully he just gets good usage in terms of like snaps and routes. I just wouldn't expect it to translate into a lot of production. Even if he gets a lot of targets, I don't think that he will necessarily be efficient with them. And lastly, with DST, I want to sit the Rams. Picked him up last week. I, I had them in a bunch of spots against the Steelers. They made the Steelers offense look like okay, which is just like not a great look. The Steelers were coming off a bye week and they were perfect in the red zone. Rams didn't have any answers for the Steelers. And now they're facing Dallas. On the road, Dallas is also coming off a bye week. You know, they have one top 10 finish this year. So the Rams defense, although it's been better than a lot of us thought they would be in real life, it really hasn't translated much to fantasy. So I'm going to bench the Rams. Are you starting Trey McBride or Cole Komet this week? So yeah, Cole Komet is in a weird, because ever since Badgett took over, like Cole Komet has like basically been off the radar, <laughs> like entirely. Like, Badgett hasn't like looked his way like once, but I'm more confident in his role. I, I don't hate the matchup necessarily against the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers, did they know how to, cover Travis Kelsey last week. Like I get that. It's not Travis Kelsey's not Cole Komet. They have Derwin James, but I mean, Brandon Staley just like, doesn't know how to like scheme away certain players. So I would just take Cole Komet. I know what his role is. I don't have to question it. Whereas, you know, the Cardinals could get, I don't know. They it's, it looks like McBride will be the guy, but then Jonathan Gannon could decide, you know what? Jeff Swaim, let's get this guy out. There. Let's get this guy more snaps. And then you're like tilting your face off because you started Trey McBride and then they started Jeff Swaim over him. So I would just go with Cole Komet. I'm more confident in his role, even though he has been uh, very poor uh, with Badgett at quarterback. Debra, who's your quarterback tight end in defense that you're sitting? <sighs> well, with the news that Tyreek Hill might miss this week, I'm going to sit to a tongue of Aloha. Uh, as well as if you want to look back and harken back to the last time they played the Patriots, Tua finishes QB 26, and that was with Tyreek. What's he going to do if Tyreek Hill misses as well as New England has been, there are certain parts and pieces where you can pick apart their pass defense and be like, oh, okay, maybe we target them. And then you look a little bit deeper and you're like, oh, never mind. 12th lowest yards per attempt, 12th lowest passing touchdowns allowed, and the ninth fewest fantasy points per game allowed to quarterbacks this year. So Tua, eh, eh. he's going to have spike weeks again, like throughout the rest of the season. This ain't one of them. Um, but moving over to tight ends, man, I, I don't understand. Like if people keep rolling out David and Joku, well, what are you looking at? Like, why would you want to play David and Joku? And I know we're, we're on the consistent theme of the Browns, but this is every week, man. Like, why does anybody want to play David and Joku? He's done nothing this season, nothing. He's the tight end 19 in fantasy points per game. He's outside the top 15 tight ends in target share, raw target volume and air yard share. He has zero, zero deep targets or red zone targets. So any high cholesterol usage you'd want out of David and Joku, it's not there. You'd be fasting. It's not good, people. So do not play David and Joku. I mean, pretty much he's droppable at this point. Um, and as far as the defense, Carolina Panthers have been wretched versus everything past defense wise. And they're allowing the sixth highest yards per attempt. They're terrible versus the deep ball. They're also allowing the 11th highest adjusted completion rate. CJ Stroud is going to rip them to pieces this week. So 
we've talked about all these different defenses and like, oh, well, we need to understand these defenses are actually good. The Panthers are not good. This is not yesteryear Panthers. Brian Burns is not coming to save your day. Uh-uh. Do not play the Panthers. Debra, so the, the question I had for you in the who do I start tool is Tua or Jared Goff, but just the way Goff. you are moving to it down. I'm, I'm curious. Give me some other names that might surprise people that you're going to start ahead of Tua this week. Um, let me pull up because you got him outside QB one. If your rankings are updated, it says you uh-huh. got him QB thirteen. QB thirteen. Uh, I'm considering moving Derek Carr above Tua, Baker Mayfield, which I know we're, we're recording this in the Thursday uh, show, but um, also Kenny Pickett. I really like this week. Jacksonville has not been a good pass defense, and now with Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. I know it sounds insane, but I would seriously consider possibly starting Kenny Pickett over Tua. His his volatility this year, it's basically Tua top three week or Tua low in QB two week. I, I'm not saying it is insane, but I am agreeing it sounds insane at the very least to suggest sounds that. Sounds insane but... until it happens, man. Yeah. Sounds insane uh, until re- it happens. Quick recap here. The must-sit running backs. We've got Brian Robinson, Zach Moss, Deontay Foreman, A.J. Dillon, Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt. The must-sit wide receivers. We've got Tyler Lockett, Amari Cooper, Michael Pittman, Marquise Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, Cortland Sutton. And we're also sitting Geno Smith and Tua Tungavailoa, Trey McBride and David Njoku, and the Rams and Panthers defenses. For Debro and Erickson, thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you again next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Breaking us in. Cack out your tongue. Hairball. Breaking us in in three. I'll wait till the deep road to stop drinking. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Breaking us in in three, <laughs> two. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. 
And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.